knowing the people that you're trying to reach mm. and not getting stuck in what you were taught in seminary. Seminary is great. Yep. Preaching courses are great, all of that. Um, but even in being an assessor, I noticed some guys are just, this is what I was trained to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And you're going to like it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. So what do you do? You know, what so do you what do? do you do? So you, sometimes you have to understand your audience better. And I think that's so important for church planner. Hey, I'm Chad. And I'm Jason, and we're talking all things church planting. Sharing stories and strategies to help you reach your city. This is the Send Columbus Podcast. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we are joined uh, by Steve Markle from uh, Sycamore Creek and Pickerington. And uh, this is going to yeah. be our first podcast uh, talking about communication. So, yeah. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And you made the drive up. I did. It was pouring down rain, 40 <laughs> minutes, and uh, yeah, it wasn't fun, but <laughs> yeah, and it's it's no small thing to make the drive up from Pickerington. Yeah. So I mean, you promised me lunch, so you we will feed you. Yes. We will feed yeah. food, yeah. but still, thank you for yeah. doing that. Glad to be Thanks here. Thank for putting you. the effort forward. Yeah. So Pickerington always to me feels like it should be closer than it actually <laughs> is. My father-in-law lives in Pickerington, and so every time we drive down there, I'm like, oh, we can get there in 30 minutes. It never takes no, that short of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long have you been at Sycamore Creek? I am 11 and a half years in. Wow. Yeah, it feels like just got started. You know, moved yeah. here from Virginia in 2011, but uh, it's it's gone by quick and it's been a, it's been a great journey. We've gone through a building program, uh, added on to our building, added on to our staff. It's been a, it's been a great 11 and a half years, but yeah. Yeah, we love it here. Are you from Ohio? No. No, I am from Maryland originally. Oh, um, wow. Just north of Baltimore, Maryland. Grew up in that area. Went to Liberty University. Ended up in Virginia then for 16 years. Wow. And so it felt like Virginia was more home. And mm. then we moved here in 2011. Okay. Wow. That's and cool. how old is Sycamore Creek, actually? Sycamore Creek is about 28, 29 years old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you the second? Pastor? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth pastor. Okay, okay. Yeah. First one was a church planner and he was incredible dynamic personality. Um, he launched a church with about 11 people, I believe, and they grew quickly to two to 300 people. He was there for seven years. Some things happened when they uh, got into the building and uh, some personal problems he went through and then they hired somebody else that didn't last very long. And then the uh, third pastor, uh, his name was Josh Remy. He did an awesome job. He had been their youth pastor. Okay. And then he became the lead pastor, and he did an incredible job for about five years and then just felt like it wasn't for him anymore. So through a mutual connection, um, God led us here. And so we uh, moved our family. We have uh, my wife and I have four kids, and we moved out here in 2011. And this is where we want to be the rest of our lives. So oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. Four kids. All yes. right. Ages? 29 down to 14. We have 29, okay. wow. 25, and 22, I believe. And then we had a surprise eight years later. So I have a ninth wow. grader, a freshman uh, at home. Um, but when we moved here, my son was had just graduated. My oldest graduated high school, and he went to, to college, and we moved here. So moved okay. here with three kids. Do you have – are they all in the area still? Yeah, that's an incredible blessing. Um, yeah. All three of my older kids are married. And they all are involved in our church. Um, my oldest leads a small group. They're all serving. Um, my youngest daughter is married to our youth pastor. And uh, so mm -hmm. she's involved in ministry. It's pretty awesome. They all are there every Sunday. And uh, so we're, we're blessed. And we have three grandchildren and one coming in March. Wow. So we'll have four. 
So we're super excited about that. Yeah. So you, I don't, I, I grew up in the South mm-hmm. and my call to ministry was always, um, said in these terms. So I'm curious if you, if you remember these, but it was always, are you called to preach? Yes. Do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was that how it was kind of framed when you kind were Kind of, yeah. Younger? I, I um, didn't accept that call in my life until I was in college. So okay. I was at Liberty okay. and there was kind of a, they're more of a call to ministry in general. Right. Because they're, you know, all the different majors in ministry. And mm-hmm. I felt a specific call to student ministry. Okay. I was um, going there to be a business major in my freshman year. My my then be girlfriend who became my wife. She convinced me to go to a youth quest celebration, and there was several hundred students there. And I remember vividly, uh, Dave Adams, one of the professors in student ministry, talking about the call specifically and the need mm. for student pastors. And mm. I remember that night feeling like God was all over me, like you got to do this. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this. Anyway, long story short, I fought that for about a week and then finally surrendered to that. So I didn't really, I I know what you're talking about because (laughs) the call to preach, I mean, like you hear that. um, But essentially, if you're called in the ministry, all of us are preaching with with our lives and with our ministries. But I know specifically what you're talking about, that idea. So, (laughs) Well, I was just curious because not everybody's heard of that. Yeah. Well, when we were talking, like we would talk and I personally don't love preaching Mm -hmm. and I did a I did a lot of it when I was a student pastor but it's not like necessarily like my gifting my skill set and so he was like well when I was being called it was like you were called to (laughs) preach you were called to ministry and I'm like well when I was called it was like I I knew that God was calling me to do ministry of some sort I didn't know what that was Um, I was also student ministry for a long time but um, yeah it was it was funny to hear kind of the differences from being in the south Mm to being in up here in Columbus yeah so, I mean, with a, being a pastor, there's obviously more that you do than preaching. Right. I mean, you have to be good at so many things. Right. right? You have to be a decent counselor. True. You've got to be a decent financial manager. That's right. <laughs> You've got to manage people, yeah. personnel, leaders. Correct. Oh, and you have to be a good communicator. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But even with, with sermon stuff, like with preaching, you don't just have to be good at communicating. You've got to, like... Be a good researcher and writer to a certain right. to Are we expecting too much of pastors? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I do believe that um, <clears throat> of all the things that I do, anybody in my position, I do believe uh, that ranks up there in, in the highest importance. It's the one moment you get every week for 30, 40 minutes with people to really teach the Word of God, which I do believe is a big part of our calling. I mean, there's callings to ministry that aren't the preaching on the stage calling, but I do believe that 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 should not be taken lightly at all. That should be, I mean, that's, I mean, that's where I put most of my time in. I would say more time, one thing every week is into what I'm going to do and present on Sunday morning. Yeah. So yeah, it's a big deal. Um, but there is a lot of other things, and <laughs> the whole joke goes, you know, say, what do you do the rest of the week? It's <laughs> yeah. like it's hard to explain. I mean, there is time, obviously, put into preparation, but there are so many things that pastors do. Yeah. 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 So share a little bit about your process in terms of how you come up with maybe like series, and then what does it look like to plan a message each week um, for your group? Yeah, that's all. Um, that's. A lot. I, a I, I know yeah. it is. It's is, fun to talk about. We'll start it there. is fun. It, it is. is fun. I mean, it's fun for us anyway. Yeah. I mean, hopefully those that are listening. But um, we are series driven at, at our church. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny. Years ago, I remember when I was my first church as a youth pastor, 
the pastor every week would decide by Wednesday what he was preaching. There was no plan. And I, I remember I had to wow. share this. I hated this. We had one of those signs along the street with the plastic letters that oh, you could yeah. change. And that became my job as a youth pastor. <laughs> by of like Wednesday, of I put it out there. And then one time I came in on a Friday and he left me a note. I changed my mind. And I got so angry. I was like, I don't. I didn't go to college for this. I was about to say, is that what they taught you in seminary? Yeah, I'm like, no. So <laughs> yeah, marquee a, management. Oh, I, I took not that like that. Yeah. I was so mad. But anyway, <laughs> I, I remember though um, the whole shift. I think toward sh- uh, preaching in a series and how freeing that is to. Mm. And we so we typically try to go month by month, like it's a different series each month. Sometimes mm-hmm. they overlap and. Uh, you kind of work around holidays like Easter. Where does that fall in April? And you know, sometimes it's a standalone. But um, I look at it. I'm always prepared about six months out. I could tell you what I'm preaching six months from now. But we try to at Sycamore have a variety of types of series. So I'll go through a book of the Bible. We'll do a character study. We'll do uh, something almost every year. I do one month on relationships. Usually February. You know, like that's not surprising. Yeah. Um, and then. Other, um, sometimes uh, doctrinal, like a four-week spirit on the Holy Spirit or four yeah. weeks on something like that that we you know don't always talk about that um, we need to cover. So I look at it in a year and at a year at a time, but I can always tell you about six months in advance and make sure we're balanced in the style. I mean, I know that some people love the verse-by-verse preaching, and that's mm-hmm. what they do and believe that's the only way, the right way. And I'm sure people listening maybe that feel that way. Um, and I think that's awesome. But I also think um, when I look at Jesus, I'm not sure that's how he always preached sure. and taught. And there's different ways to do it. And and uh, I just think, though, you have to obviously be true to the Bible and true yeah. to the word. And I've been shocked by people that have come up after sermons and that are new and say, man, I really enjoyed that. And I said, thanks. And they're like, I really appreciate how much you use the Bible. I'm like, what else would you do? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. they said, well, yeah. I've gone to the churches around the area yeah. and they do a whole nice talk, and then at the end, they throw up a verse on the screen. I'm like, yeah. no, it starts with the Bible. Sure. But I believe there's different um, different ways and styles of series. So on a weekly basis, it varies based on, I think, the style of series that I'm doing. Sometimes, um, you know, I've, I've worked well in advance, and I'll have, like, uh, the series I'm doing in March. I might have an outline for each week already, like wow. a basic. But yeah. then sometimes I'm like, this week... Okay, I have nothing, and it's Tuesday. Yeah. So, but I know that I know the the title, but I don't know any <laughs> of the content. So it really varies, and research varies. Um, um, of course, uh, one of the things as I've been preaching for twenty years, I have all my sermons in Word document files, and so wow. sometimes I'll do a search of uh, <laughs> scripture or a topic, sure. and I'll bring up sermons that have covered that before, and I laugh at them, especially the ones that are like 10, 15 years old. I'm like. Why did I say that? Like oh, that, yeah. that is so oh, yeah. dumb. I or know. so lame. Yeah. Or such a bad way of saying it. You should really get rid of some of those. Steve. Oh yeah. The, the way there's no evidence. I know. That. I know. And you know, I was I was one of those that um, you know when I planted a church and was you know trying to it was crazy doing everything and uh, I really loved the purpose driven church and Rick Warren and you know all of his resources were available. Yeah. And I was openly admit that I, you know, I purchased a lot of his series and then adapted them for us. But I look back at some of those and even thinking, I was even surprised some of the way that he said things. I was like, <laughs> in the, the use of, you know, 20 different translations in one sermon, um, all those things, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I was figuring it out, learning yeah, what right. works and 
um, what is my style and, and, and all that. So, um, but every week I usually try to get right at, at it on Monday and spend mm. as much time as I can on Monday, um, getting to a place where I feel good about my main yeah. points of the message, yeah. you know, and what scriptures I'm covering. If I don't know that, if it's not a, you know, going through a book of the Bible, what scriptures are my main key scriptures? And then Tuesday, adding on some more. And by Wednesday, I like to, well, we have a deadline by the end of Wednesday to get mm-hmm. my notes that are going to be on the screen. It's got to go in the marquee, right? Yeah, well, no. <laughs> no. Thank goodness we don't have a marquee. But yeah, but yeah, uh, the, you know how that goes. The notes for the yeah. guys that are doing, creating the slides, all that needs to be done by the end of the day, Wednesday. And for me, I, I am a big believer in, in going over your message out loud. I try to do it once before I finalize my notes. And then depending on how good I feel about that, you know, how many more times, but I'll go in a, in a room in the church with a, uh, we use like a pub table that, you know, ah. I'll sit my notes there and I'll be by myself and I'll preach the whole message out loud to see mm. how I feel. And some parts just are so clunky. You're like, mm. Oh, that is not good. I need to really work that out. And, and then I'll do that again on Saturday at, at home. Uh, I'll, I'll go in the bathroom and my wife knows this sometime <laughs> on Saturday, I'm going to go in our bathroom and look in the mirror and preach the message out loud to myself. <laughs> it's just a comfort level then mm-hmm. it comes from that. And usually Sunday morning I get up at six and go and uh, my home office and just talk through it. Not in, with as much um, emphatic voice inflection, just kind of talk through it myself, save my voice for the message, but just to feel most um, comfortable. And I know, know the more I do that, the more articulate I am and the yeah. less um, mumbling and, and uh, filling in with those awesome fillers like, um, and, I, you know, I, I remember years ago just learning more and more about how the better prepared we are, the, the less distraction it is for the people that are listening when they know that you're confident about what you're saying and that you know your material. And it's not a performance at all. And inevitably, my wife will be at both services. We do, too. And she'll be like, you never say the same things exactly the same. And sometimes after the first service, she'll be like, do it exactly like that. I'm like, oh, that's no pressure. No No pressure pressure at all. And then, you know, the second one, you know, turns out differently. And and I do believe, the. I I think some people will say, well, the more that you rehearse your message, the less room there is for the Holy Spirit to lead you. I'm like, no, I find it the opposite. The more I've gone over the message, the more I'm confident that then God speaks to me in the moment. Sometimes will give me a new illustration on the spot. And like, that's because I'm comfortable and I'm not stressed about my notes. So mm. um, that's a little bit. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, I remember somebody said, if the Holy Spirit's in the delivery, he's surely in the preparation mm. too, right? That's good. I think <laughs> it can be an excuse not to prepare enough. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said something about series and planning series. Do you do all of the series planning for the church or do you collaborate with people on your staff or how's it's that? A, it's a mix. I okay. would say there's some that's all me and then some collaboration. Um, um, some things I'm sure about and some things I'm kind of like, ah, what do we do here? And like Christmas is a great example. Mm, um, most pastors yeah. struggle like every year, like how do you make uh, know. a f- three or four week Christmas series fresh and new every nice. year? So I collaborate a lot. We try to start that in like August um, meeting about Christmas and what can we do differently this year? Um, same story, but that's, that's presented in a new way. So it's cool. Um, some series is more the way sometimes when I feel stuck and I'm like, I don't really know. Um, and I lean in on my, um, like my youth pastor, he's 23, 24. He has better ideas, better ways of saying things like, you know, wording. Sometimes I'm like, I'm excited about something I'm like that's really lame. 
that's a really old, you sound like your age. And I'm like, okay, I want to be cool. So how can we say this in a yeah. cooler way, a yeah. cooler title, you know, better, you know, graphics, so that type of thing. At all, I think the whole package does matter. And um, not that people remember all of it at the end of the year, but mm-hmm. I think there's, there's something about that. But, um, and I will, you know, but I will collaborate in that way to try to um, make the ideas that I have better and say, look, guys, I have this three-week gap here. I don't know. What, what kind of series do you think the church needs? What, is, what are you hearing? What, are, what do we need to focus on? Yeah. And so I lean into that a little bit, too, because, um, you know, I, I'm not in touch with everybody that they're in touch with. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. About how many weeks a year are you preaching? Preaching. <laughs> Out of 52, um, probably about 45. Okay. Yeah, that's probably been typical average. Now, as a church planner, I remember it was about 50 out of 52 sure. for a few years where I didn't really have mm-hmm. anybody to lean on there. But um, um, our student pastor, he'll preach, and he does an excellent job. And we've had a few guest speakers in. We've had other staff members that have been able to. So, yeah. But you're doing a large bit of that. Yeah, he- heavy, large bit. heavy lifting, yeah. Heavy lifting there, yeah. yeah. I enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's something I look forward to, although yeah. I you know, didn't mind – the break for New Year's, we recorded a, a service instead of yeah. having it on New Year's Day live. We recorded yeah. a service, and that was a nice break. We did that in advance, and yes, yeah, had a, had a real a real weekend off. So, we did, did you guys that. meet on Christmas Day? No, we had three okay. services for Christmas Eve, yep. and then we were off Christmas Day. We were off Christmas Day and New Year's New Day. Year's. We met New online. I'm sorry, online. That's we, what were not off. we were not we off. Met, we met online. We met online, online. too. Yes, <laughs> yes we, did. Yeah, so. we did not cancel services. Yes. Just to be clear, yes, I sat there in my living room with my wife and watched <laughs> yourself. Watched myself. <laughs> we is had, that weird? We, it is. Uh, well, I mean, during that first couple months of COVID, we did that. You know, yeah. we recorded yeah. it and we would sit there and watch it. That was weird. So but you got used to got it. Got used to it. This one, we did a, a staff collaborative service uh, recorded cool. where everybody did a part. So it wasn't as oh, weird as neat. watching myself. Yeah, yeah for, that's kind of what we did too. It was yeah. all the teaching pastors together. I, that's cool. I think, yeah. you know, the, and some people are against those kind of things, but what other space can you do that kind of thing with? It's a really, it's it a is. neat opportunity at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things, um, I guess, over the years that um, you've learned or adapted in your preaching to make yourself grow and become better over time? Does that, a, yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I've, I think listening to a lot of other preachers that you admire. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I've I really you know, liked and still do Andy Stanley. He's been one that I've always liked. Craig mm-hmm. Rochelle. I think they're really good at communicating. They just have a and have an amazing gift. Those two guys I really liked and I listen, watch them, and pick up different things that they do, just the way they um, use their gestures, the way they, their pace of speaking. Uh, we tried the Andy Stanley TV screen for a while, which yeah. was cool. Oh, yeah. I, I got really comfortable with using that screen next to me and, and pointing, referencing that. And then when we renovated, it didn't work. So it's like, okay, done with that. Um, but um, learning from, from others, um, asking others to give me feedback, I know that's a hard thing to do and sometimes um, people are afraid to do that um, and then a lot of times people are afraid to tell you anything but like what am I doing that sure. is well, well my wife is my best mm. critic and, and I ask for it and she will tell me when I start using the same word over and over she said the whole staff needs to stop saying awesome this year <laughs> she says, New Year's video the word awesome was used way too much I'm like you're right yeah. but that's awesome um, yeah, so thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, different things like that um, um, figuring out the best 
notes. Like you guys were asking me before. Yeah. On top of that, like um, years ago, it was just um, you know I've seen and I, I've seen guys just bring up pieces of paper on the stage, and I yep. went to tape cutting them and taping them into my Bible. But not, you know, so I would have everything, all my yeah. notes taped in my Bible, would end up destroying that Bible over time, <laughs> these little sticky, sticky dots. But anyway, um, then I went through, you know, a phase where I heard about people using their iPad and I started mm-hmm. doing that. And then that was cool. And then I went back to the Bible, using a Bible for a little bit. But then as I got older, my eyes <laughs> are getting worse for up close reading. I was like, man, the iPad's amazing. Yeah. Because you can change the size of the font. It's backlit. It's awesome no matter what kind of lighting you're in. Mm-hmm. So um, I've gone to that, and it, that helps a lot. Because um, I will, you know, like I said, as I go over it on Saturday, Sunday morning even, sometimes something new will come into my mind, and it's a quick edit. Right. Where yeah, if you have your right. notes taped in your Bible and you're writing stuff, you can't, and then what did I write? And yeah. So that has really helped me, too, just to sharpen up and, are you full manuscript or do you outline? Um, it's a, I would call it a detailed outline. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like How many ma- pages? Um, it would be about six to eight. Okay. That's um, very detailed. Yeah, that's then. very detailed. And 12 point yeah. font. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, spaced out so I can scroll up. Okay. The scary thing sometimes too is the being so prepared that by the last service, I know my content so well. I've gone so far away from looking at my iPod that when I need to go back, I don't, I'm so far You're beyond. scrolling. I've covered Where so much I? of it with, by memory that, yeah, I'm scrolling for it. So sometimes I think I could, I could be more concise with my outline and I could part down some prior to, but yeah. I get used to it. I have fear about forgetting something. I take more content up there because of fear. Right. You know, which yes. is probably a bit irrational, but. Yeah, like but sometimes still, code words are all I need, but then sometimes yeah. what in the world did that mean? You know, yeah. what did I, so in the moment, I think it's one of those things that, that you do it so often, mm-hmm. you get more comfortable. I've thought about taking both, I usually use an iPad, but I thought about taking the iPad and one sheet of paper with a with just yes. those cues Yes. and starting with the paper, knowing that I've got the tablet. You That's know what good, I mean? Yeah. But I've never done never it. Done <laughs> I've never done it. I've yeah. never gotten the courage to do I've it. I've heard but. guys say, I'm afraid the iPad will fail. I'm like, well, you know, it it hasn't to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And if I had, I usually print what I have on my iPad, I print it instead of copy in my office. So like if something happened, I could cue somebody to go back and get that yeah. at the last second. But yeah. 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 That's, I, do you have any stories like that? Any stories where some technology failed or or something happened that, that that you were left without? I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've had where I've lost, where my, I've been, my notes have closed and I'm up there talking, trying to reload at the <laughs> yeah. same time. I've yeah. had that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've ever completely lost, lost everything. It's, yeah. it's funny to hear you talk about having 15, 20 years of notes saved. You know, yeah. My dad was a pastor, right. but in the, 70s 80s 90s yes. <laughs> before technological advancement so like he literally wrote out his messages yes. on half sheets of brown yes. paper and then would file them yes you know so i remember one sunday night he couldn't find his message notes and i don't know if he was re-preaching something or what but he had them but couldn't find them. of course they all look the same on those brown <laughs> sheets of paper and so Mom, I, I don't, I don't know if somebody was sick or what, but we weren't going on. It was a Sunday night. Right, we weren't right, going, right. and we ended up finding a 
a thing of notes. And so I literally, mom drove to the church, let me out. I ran up and to the platform and just handed him a stack of notes. He just went to, went with And it. I don't know if he was, I don't know if he ended up, I still haven't talked to him about that, but I don't know if those were right. I don't know if they were the wrong ones. I don't know if he went with the one he had or what, but anyway, that was a, yeah. Can you imagine having yeah. to write out your I know, sermon I know, and I know. then try to read your own handwriting? I, I couldn't, my one handwriting is so for, poor. Um, yeah, for years he had the same system that you yeah. described. I remember he yeah. had a big filing cabinet yes. with any yes. had it all organized that way. But I think it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting I had my one thing that was interesting in the last couple months, I had the first time this ever happened to me in twenty years of preaching or being a lead pastor, where on Saturday night, um, I started vomiting and I thought oh, man. oh, this is gonna be just something I ate and I'm not gonna, you know, what am I gonna do? And I've always, I have so many times I've been sick and like God just gives you the adrenaline yeah. or whatever you need, sinus infection, whatever, cough, it all stops. You get up there and preach and it's amazing. And then you feel terrible afterwards. But yeah. this time, uh, this was in November and I just, I, that night it was just miserable. And I thought it's 11 o'clock. Um, it's no point in texting or calling my student pastor now because it would be up all night worrying. I'll just wait till six in the morning and see how I feel. So at six in the morning, I was like, I'm in the bathroom again. There's no way. There's no oh. way. So I texted him, and um, and I texted his wife and said, "Wake up, <laughs> wake him up, and make him read his text." Um, and uh, <laughs> he did, and he's like, "Okay, all right." So I said, "Do some, do whatever, do something you did, you know, for student ministry, whatever." So he actually you know, took the next two hours before the first sermon, and oh, he man. did an amazing job. I sat, laid there in bed, and watched it online on YouTube wow. and he did awesome, but that never, I've, I don't think I've ever, I said, mm. I don't think I've ever had to do that. Yeah. But you know, when you have, um, you know, 20 years of resources, it wouldn't be that hard to pull right. something for, for him. He right. didn't have much, right. but he, he pulled it together very, very quickly. We, we, I used to have a professor who called it a sugar stick. Mm. You got to have a sugar stick in your yes. back pocket because right. if an emergency happens, so you can pull out your sugar that, stick. Yes. And you should. I have no idea where it comes That's from. What, yeah. Have you ever heard that? Never heard that term, stick? but I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think That's awesome. I think Dean did something like that for Andrew, our student pastor, for Christmas Eve. So, Oh, wow. He was not feeling good like a couple days before, and he was like, hey, just so you know, here are my notes. Yes. Just in case yes. this yeah. goes south. And well, thankfully. So Dean Dean got COVID back before, or he tested, or no, he was exposed to someone. Sorry. Okay. He was exposed to someone. And so he called me on Thursday. said, hey, guess what? I got exposed to someone. This mm-hmm. was early, early, yes. early pandemic. Yes. Um, and and he was like, so you're, you're up. And I was like, great. What's the text? What He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I will be delivering this message the following Sunday. Oh, I'm already prepared. I don't want to give that one to you. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly. So we're yeah. in Ephesians. Yes. And I'm like, so you did the passage before. You're going to do the pa- what, what do you want me to do? What do you? He's like, well, you can do whatever. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So um, I ended up just doing an overview of the, fir- we were like halfway through Ephesians. Yes. So I literally did like an overview of the first half of okay. Ephesians. I don't, I don't even sure remember. I'm sure it was terrible. But, but I literally... <laughs> Yeah. Friday morning right. from like eight to noon, mm-hmm. knocked it out. And, you yeah. know, it is what it is. Yeah. Here's this sermon, you know, but that is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, so I was going to ask you just a couple of things. What do you think is one thing that you do really well in preaching? And what is one thing that you, that you think, oh, this is a real, something I really struggle with, growth area kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. 
Okay. He's um, perfect. Yeah. Like <laughs> How do I say that I'm perfect? Yeah. A, I, it's like you never really like talking, I mean, you know, about like what you think you do well. I think yeah. what I hear, I, I'll go with what, I mean, people tell me that's like they feel like um, I'm talking right to them. Like I think I know mm. my people well. That's good. I think that I, um, when I'm preaching, I'm looking into the eyes of people and I see they just went through a divorce last year. Mm. They lost their mom in the last you know couple months um, they have somebody with cancer in their family their kids are rebelling you know and those things you don't say them but those things enter in your mind i think when you love your congregation when you're a shepherd not just a speaker yeah and you care so i think those things are um are things that then come out in the way i speak in the way i uh, present illustrations or the way i encourage people urge people toward movement in their life i think um, i think i have a good sense of empathy and a good good sense of who the who who our people are and with what's going on in their lives so I th i've heard that so many times from people they feel like that i really know them and i am empathizing with them so i think that's one thing that i do well um, working on you know it's always i think to me is not getting in a rut of being um, mm being comfortable with, well, you know, people tell me I do a good job, I'm confident in my material, but then pushing to the next level of being um, a, the next level type of speaker, of, mm. of being somebody that is, <laughs> I don't say cutting edge, but not not trying for a new trick or anything like that, but, yeah. but getting to that next level where um, I'm presenting material in a way that reaches the span of generations. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get comfortable in, yeah. in 52 talking to people that are in their forties and fifties that have similar stages of life, but staying where I can connect to the 20 year olds without losing the 70 year olds. I think that's one of the things I feel mm -hmm. like I can, you know, easily, um, like I said, get in a rut. My wife will be like, you love sports. Don't give every illustration. That's a sports illustration. Mm -hmm. You know, think about yeah. the different people. And so, those type of things, always, you know, checking myself in that and getting feedback. I think I can, uh, that's an area to grow in. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I love what you said about knowing people's stories. And yeah. mm -hmm. That's part of being a pastor as a shepherd, right? right? But it does, it enhances your preaching so much when Definitely. you know what people are going through. And and that comes out in your preparation. Uh, so that's, that's really good, man. Good job, yeah. yeah, so maybe just to close, I mean, you were a communications assessor this past time yeah. uh, at our assessment. Um, and so for church planters, what's one piece of advice that you would give to them as they think about um, communication in their church and preaching um, in the midst of also planting a church and um, caring for their people? Yeah, I, th I, I think that um, uh, what I just said is important, uh, knowing the people that you're trying to reach mm. and not getting stuck in what you were taught in seminary. Seminary is great. Yep. Preaching courses are great. All of that. Um, but even in being an assessor, I noticed some guys are just, this is what I was trained to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And you're going to like it. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I didn't like it. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, so what do you do? You know, what so do you what do? do you do? So you, you sometimes you have to understand your audience better. And I think that's so important for church planners. Yeah. Um, where do you, where are you planning and what type of people are you reaching? We were in Northern Virginia it was very white collar. Like, I mean, our congregation was 90, 95% white collar that we were reaching mm -hmm. people that work for the government, people that were military officers. Mm -hmm. And so 
couldn't, you know, I needed to make sure I spoke at that level. Um, mm-hmm, but sure. then, you know, here it's not quite as much of that percentage. So you got to remember you have blue collar people in your church and you don't want to um, be only at one level. So, but as a church planner, I do think um, that preaching is so important, but it's, you know, not maybe as important as it is a little bit later. I think it's mm-hmm. so important, but I think all the other aspects of planning a church, yes, being an you know uh, an evangelist, yes, caring for those families, your mm-hmm. core team development, yep. all those things probably matter more than the delivery of that sermon because mm. your audience isn't that big yet. Yeah, so you're yeah. thinking about I got to do the perfect sermon when yeah. you only have so many people watching anyway. Right, right. So it's right. not the tool that's going to probably bring people in. The people you know that would come to a church plant, there's probably a personal relationship they have. There's somebody that's in it already, and you're bringing them in. Your preaching should be good, and you should do the best you can, but that's probably not the most important thing you do then as it is when you have maybe hundreds of people that are, that are listening yeah. or watching online, and that's a that's maybe a way that people do come into your church because they've watched you. You know, mm-hmm. Does that make right. sense? It does, yeah. I think so many guys, when they think about church planting, think church first mm-hmm. instead of reaching people first and and i do think you're exactly right there's a ton of emphasis put on the worship service and it matters and preaching matters and the, all that matters but man that's a great word i think for for prioritizing your time around around things when you're getting started yeah yeah well steve thanks so much uh yeah, this for has joining been really us great. it's been really it's good been, it's been fun. we'll have to have you back on the podcast sometime uh, soon. i, I really enjoy talking about preaching i enjoyed hearing you talk about your approach to it and I enjoy, obviously enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely.